You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has put the reality of war on display for the world, and especially for Taiwan, which, like Ukraine, has been under the constant threat of military aggression of an unfriendly neighbor. Because of the war that's been happening in Ukraine, there's been talk of how Taiwan must improve its military defense capabilities and preparedness. But beyond this, there are people in Taiwan wondering what they themselves can do to be prepared should Taiwan come under attack. My guest on this episode of Talking Taiwan, T.H. Shi, a representative of Open Knowledge Taiwan, is one of those people asking these important questions. We'd like to dedicate this episode to the memories of David Kilgore, who passed away on April 5th at the age of 81, and Peng Mingming, who passed away on April 8th at the age of 98. Mr. Kilgore, who I interviewed recently, was a human rights activist and a former member of Canada's parliament, having served in the House of Commons for nearly 27 years and as Secretary of State for Latin America and Africa from 1997 to 2002, and Secretary of State for Asia-Pacific from 2002 to 2003. Dr. Peng Ming was a pro-Taiwan independence, pro-democracy activist. In 1964, he was arrested for sedition for drafting and printing a manifesto advocating for democracy in Taiwan. He served as president of the Formosan Association of Public Affairs from 1986 to 1988. And in 1996, he ran as Democratic Progressive Party candidate in Taiwan's first presidential election. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by Taiwanese United Fund. The Taiwanese United Fund is an arts and culture foundation that celebrates the cultural heritages of Taiwanese Americans. Established in 1986, the foundation's mission is to facilitate cultural exchange between the Taiwanese American community and other American cultural communities, hoping to enrich and expand our cultural experiences. To learn more about TUF, visit their website at www.tufusa.org. Now, without further ado, here's our interview. Great. So welcome to the podcast. My pleasure. As the world's been watching Russia's attack on Ukraine, it's really striking for everybody to see the Ukrainians' resistance and their resolve to defend their country. And I was doing a lot of research on Taiwan's military preparedness, and I came across this term, civil defense. And then I actually came across you because you were quoted mm -hmm. in the LA Times and then also by Michael Turton, who we've also had yeah, as a guest yeah. on this show. Yeah, and so I wanted to have you on the show so you could talk a little bit about this concept of civil defense and what you've been doing with your think tank, the Open Knowledge Taiwan. But before all that, so my listeners can get to know you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your work with the Open Knowledge Think Tank? Uh, all right. Uh, I'm Teichi. I'm uh, currently based in Taiwan, but I traveled around quite often before COVID years. And my background is actually internet, which means that I, I, I'm kind of like the startup guy 
of the Western coast, uh, the US, the sort of uh, you know, tech guys. Uh, so my background is internet product, product marketing, that sort of stuff. But then around like 10 years ago, because uh, um, I'm actually, I, 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 I'm actually a victim of uh, several natural disasters uh, back in Taiwan because uh, my hometown was in Nantou, which is, you know, people may not be familiar. It's been hit by the worst earthquake in, in this last century. And my neighbor, they, you know, few of them, they, they died because of the accident. So um, I, I had personal experience with major disasters. All right. Uh, but, so I dedicate my a bit like a weekend time to to first aid stuff and uh, as a certified first responders. The earthquake that TH is referring to happened at 1.47 a.m. on September 21st, 1999 in Nantou, which is in central Taiwan. It was a 7.6 or 7.7 magnitude earthquake, the second deadliest earthquake in Taiwan's recorded history. It killed more than 2,400 people and left an estimated 100,000 people homeless. I'm probably the longest surviving blogger. You know, you don't hear a blog very often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when in the Chinese blogging? language world. So I've been writing uh -huh. my blog using the same domain, I think, for uh -huh. 21 years right now. Wow. So starting from 2001. So I, I've, I've written about maybe 3,500 articles, posts. Wow. <laughs> That's why I get to know a lot of people. Because uh, yeah, it, sure. you're not that popular, but if you're doing that for 21 years. Yeah. So uh, I do have a, a, quite a few people in the government or in the private sector here in Taiwan. They're reading my blog because I, I compose it oh, in, in, in traditional yes. Chinese. Yes, yeah. yes. So if, oh, if anyone great. cares about like technology and policy or uh -huh. some 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 areas not reported by the media <laughs> <laughs> All right. well, so I, I always can... talk about public affairs yeah uh-huh right. right is that the um, website or the blog that you have on your twitter or is that right right one? right yeah okay. so you can just click okay, on my great. twitter so handle and there's a link audience. to that it hasn't changed for 21 years <laughs> that is amazing good for you the open knowledge taiwan is uh it's more like a community, it's not a think tank, but it's a platform for people uh, having the background working in the think tank. You know, think tank is like, you know, uh, it's mostly academic here in Taiwan, but mm -hmm. we uh, been provide a, a platform uh, and we host a lot of events. So inviting those who care about the society as a whole to share their personal experience. So the, the, this kind of platforms is, is, are quite uncommon here in Taiwan. So we've been doing that for uh, around eight to nine years. And, you know, the civil defense topic is quite uh, important. So we decided to, to kickstart it uh, after Lunar New Year. Yeah, That's my mm -hmm. background. So I'm a, a tech guy. <laughs> and okay. this is like a weekend stuff. But we took it very serious. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's important work. Let's go into what this term civil defense actually means can you explain mm -hmm. it for people who may not have heard it before i mean i think it is somewhat self-explanatory but if you could define it further sure i think uh with the term civil defense i i bumped into several you know people and they have they all had different imagination or expectation of the term for example for those people who've lived through cold war era it's like uh 
going down to the bomb shelters and try to when you hear the air raid siren alarms, right? So they kind of like you know you have to evacuate yourself and and try to find a, a safe ground to hide. So for a lot of people, that's that's their imagination or expectation of civil defense. For younger people here, all right, they might think that oh, civil defense is about picking up a gun or involved in a combat role, combative role. So you might be like part of like the national guard of the U.S. Uh, that 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 bit of imagination. Uh, but for for the government, it's like you know the civil defense always falls in with the. Uh, it, it, of course, it's it's not done by the military, right? The military is the official, you know, a defense force. But those people on the ground, when they are facing an attack from an enemy or an an adversary, like things happening right here in in Russia, they probably uh, had some training and programs which could. Deter the 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 army or some of the attack force on the ground, and they need to have some trainings. Uh, uh, when the war, you know, wasn't there, yeah, before, yeah. So that's a general、mm-hmm. idea of civil defense. It could involve some, you know, fighting cap- capabilities, but mostly it's about, uh, you know, deterrence and resistance. Okay. To explain this further, could you provide a historical example of how a nation Actually, prepared its civilians for war. Well, I think the UK is much、uh, is is quite a, a good experience because it, during Cold War,、uh, not not Cold War, the Second World War, which is like eighty years ago,、uh, they've been bombed <laughs> by the Nazi Germans. So they they had shelters, they have a radar arrays to detect missile launching from mainland Europe, and they have、uh, practical drills on the ground. Uh, guided by local wardens, wardens like you know the chief villager, the the chief of the village, yeah, the warden system、mm-hmm. in the UK.、Mm-hmm. So、mm-hmm. uh, I think the U uh UK Great Britain they 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 had a quite a good experience on on、uh, these programs in in the past. So we can imagine, yeah.、Mm-hmm. And Cold yeah, War because they they were facing like the imminent threat、uh, from nuclear、right. attack. So that kind、mm-hmm. of a pr- Uh, preparedness is is probably the most extreme because facing a nuclear attack is about、uh, survival, not just the society but the government as well.、Mm-hmm. So they they、mm-hmm. develop a lot of contingency plans within the government, and、uh, they expect to, you know, millions of、uh, people will die because of the first wave of attacks. So they they really need to design a system, envision. A, a grand plan how to survive. Yeah, that's、mm-hmm. that's kind of extreme, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and for listeners who don't know, you're referring to air raid warden service. You mentioned that you've been doing workshops and education on the topic of civil defense for about eight years. Well, I think、uh, because there are some shared components of、uh, civil defense,、mm-hmm. like in you know, a first response in crisis. Mm-hmm. And、uh, Taiwan is like we are facing, just like Japan, we're like the Pacific Coast of、uh, Western Pacific Coast. We're facing、mm-hmm. typhoons on yearly basis. <laughs> we're facing、yeah. earthquakes. So、mm-hmm. some of the components,、uh, which could be categorized、uh, under the umbrella of civil defense, we literally practice it、uh, every year under the、uh, the grand scheme of like a disaster response. So.、Uh, mm-hmm. I I I had been doing that、uh, for more than ten years, yeah.、Mm-hmm. 
providing wow. digital first aid. So what does that mean by digital first aid? It's like uh, the, the things we did before is like supporting the government on first response. For example, okay. during crisis, the government website, you know, they could uh, be facing a huge amount of traffic because people need correct information on, mm-hmm. uh, on disaster. So we provide some basic uh, level support for the government, for example, um, getting the data out and making it accessible, providing different websites uh, for people in need. So it's like a oh, diverse the traffic to some other uh, website. But we, we were supporting mm-hmm. the government. Oh, I see. I understand that you've seen an increased interest in the, your civil defense workshops, especially since Ukraine was invaded by Russia. Mm-hmm. So up until recently, what have your workshops focused on? And what type of people would you say have been interested in these workshops? Well, I think because uh, uh, a lot of people here in Taiwan now, because uh, just like I said, the, the Cold War memory is like such long time back. And Taiwan, because it's, it's like the battleground from the nationalist government and the CCP government for uh, 50, 60, 70 years. So we, we had a rich history of civil defense in the past, especially in offshore islands like Kinmen and Mazu, for those who are not aware of those two. Uh, big islands. Uh, they are very close to China, and you could literally see China uh, by standing on that island. It's like it's like mm-hmm. two kilometers away. You know, it's just, it's a coastal yeah. island. But, and they they uh, we we had the the government, uh, the nationalist government. They had solid civil defense programs uh, there, but here in the the mainland Taiwan, we were not aware of that. So part mm-hmm. of our workshop is to tell people and raise awareness about the rich but traumatic history of civil defense. Because for those islands, they always been ruled by under middle martial law era. They can't freely travel to Taiwan. They can't. They, they just going to come to Taiwan. So the first part is about rich history of civil defense. The second part is about uh, telling people, oh, we, we do have civil defense uh, personnels and uh, trainings uh, uh, on the ground, but why wouldn't you have access to that? So there are some problems because uh, uh, it's not a priority uh, for the current government before the Ukrainian war happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the second part is that. The third part is like more like practical skills. So if you you don't want to pick up gun, you just want to save people. How to save yourself first, mm-hmm. right? How to mm-hmm. evacuate from one side to another side? What kind of navigation skills you need to improve upon? By, for example, you you won't have electricity at all. Your phone may not be working. So how do you navigate in city mm-hmm. in the darkness? Yeah. So you um, teach people those skills, like how to do that. Uh, it's we 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 because uh, we we only started that after Lunar New Year. So we didn't okay. really teach, but we tell them where are the resources. So you could just, for example, you are not in Taipei, you, some other cities, you could go to certified uh, institutions uh, so you could learn those skills from them. Yeah. Hmm, so we, we don't, we, 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 we like uh, building a, a, a bridge, uh, try to engage uh, different parties and stakeholders. So we don't directly involve in training at, at this stage. 
I see. So there are places where people can go to be trained. So for example, they could go through some kind of simulation of if your phone wasn't working and if the power was out, how do you yeah, yeah. navigate your get your get get around right, right. your city or your town. Right. Okay, interesting. Could you be more specific? When was the last time that the preparedness for war was treated as a priority in Taiwan. You mentioned that it, it's been a priority in the outlying islands in Jimen and Matsu. Yeah. But what about in Taiwan? What in Taiwan? The because main... uh, uh, we've been through the martial law era for 37 or 39 years. I can't... 38. Yeah. yeah, 38, probably 38. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, it was in 1987, perhaps, as I could mm -hmm. recall. So after that, you know, preparation of anticipation of a war and the preparation you need to do. After that, it's 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 basically gone. But mm -hmm. there was a major uh, incident back in nineteen ninety five and ninety six because uh, China launched two missile across mm -hmm. Taiwan to the eastern coast of Taiwan. So uh, preparedness at that time, even the military or the civil society or just you know folks like us, we did feel the intense uh, pressure uh, at that time. So I would say the last time is 1995, 1996. At that time, was there any direction from the government or any organization in terms of what you should do? Well, I think you can see the military everywhere. <laughs> the armed forces yeah. on the ground, uh, they're see. trying to be ready to fight, engage in an initial I fight. See. So uh, we were told that there, we don't have to be told, right? The media reported a lot of things. Uh, uh, people started started to you know, stuck in our know, food. Some of uh, the survival kids at home, and some of my friends they just uh, they simply left Taiwan forever. <laughs> they, wow. Yeah, they immigrated to Australia, Canada, the U.S. Yeah, so they, oh, they, yeah, I think it was called the. Uh, third crisis of Taiwan Street. What do you think that Taiwan can learn from Ukraine with what's happening in Ukraine right now? Well, I think a lot because uh, before that, you know, people here, they think they think that, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to happen, right? Even with a thousand missiles, uh, I mean, at Taiwan. But Ukraine war is like a, a heavy blow to <laughs> everyone's perception. So I think uh, uh, during the first week or second uh, weeks uh, of the war, uh, a lot of people are they are simply trying to get as much information from Ukraine from the war as possible and trying to uh, see if there's anything that needs to be done before uh, that happens to Taiwan. But, uh, so uh, I think uh, there are a lot of things that people can learn from Ukraine. For example, most people want to talk about how their president is using his uh, acting skill and try to boost morales on the ground and try to engage the international audience. And uh, it, it, it doesn't dress like a president, right? <laughs> Zelensky. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. a very casual man, uh, mm -hmm. just like your neighbor. So uh, mm -hmm. people notice that a lot. And uh, on the ground, because uh, uh, I think the major difference is that uh, people here are thinking that because Ukraine is it, it, quite a big country. It's 10 times bigger than Taiwan. And Ukraine is very flat, unlike Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Ukraine right. is extremely flat. Yeah. Right. So uh, th this is something that Taiwan probably could not learn from Ukraine. 
but how how the civil defense uh, sector or how they are using some uh, you know weaponry systems uh, imported or aided by foreign governments uh, that's something a lot of people are watching right now and the humanitarian mm -hmm. uh, corridor right the, the corridor that, that sort of things well, I think it, it provided some insights for people here because we were uh, people are thinking that oh we are a Taiwan is essentially a big island right if you want to evacuate people out of the island uh, do you have a land-based corridor no right <laughs> so how do you evacuate like a million yeah exactly residents. that's a concern because as we've seen uh, there's millions of uh, refugees that have flood ukraine what would taiwan do it's not right, that easy right. to it's a real concern uh, yeah yeah mm -hmm. nobody has the right answer <laughs> <laughs> right. in your observation how prepared do you think that the ukrainian civilians were for an attack by russia well uh, I think my by my personal observation, I think it, it is based on the ge geological uh, location of those uh, uh, Ukrainian civilians. For example, those uh, they live close to Russia, the border of Russia. Mm -hmm. Of course, they 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 were seeing that uh, seven years ago. So I think they are mm -hmm. much more prepared to engage in the war or attack, mm -hmm. whether it's right. like fighting or just surrendering uh, your mm -hmm. whole city jurisdiction to a Russian force. Yeah. So I think for those parts... Unfortunately, they've had the experience. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they, they know how to... And probably they speak well Russian, <laughs> very well Russians mm -hmm. and uh, Ukrainians, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, but for, for, you know, the, the capital city, Kiev, I, 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 I heard and I read a lot of articles that people are a bit surprised because they didn't think that Putin would be that crazy and it's uh, the last war is it's literally decades ago. Is there no? Is is Putin gonna be that crazy to launch a, a real attack on such a big nation, mm -hmm. and people are watching that? Is it gonna happen? Then it happened, right? right? <laughs> so I yeah. think uh, for a lot of people, maybe they are not that prepared. Yeah, based on my personal observation, mm -hmm. or you know, mm -hmm. just reading uh, tweets on Twitter, or even some the better information channel will be Telegram because Telegram is the dominant. Uh, messenger in, in, in Russia, Ukraine, Eastern Europe countries. I see. And I was wondering, in order to make this discussion a little bit more practical and mm -hmm. understandable for my listeners, I wonder if we could, I know it's a really big topic, but maybe give right, some practical right. suggestions on what to do in different levels of crisis. Like, for example, mm -hmm. for me, as a layperson, I would think basic level is if there's an emergency in case of a power outage, some kind of blackout, What? how should people be prepared in a case like that? And then the second one is the natural disaster, and then the third is like an invasion, attack, or war at the first level, an emergency. Well, I think uh, the experience is quite comparable to uh, the U.S. here in Taiwan, uh, because uh, you know during emergency uh, instance you, you you will lose power, right? So you need to have a backup power, and you probably need to have uh, flashlights, and you might need to have some. Water, because water is hard to get. Water is uh, critical for everyone's survival. You could, you, know, you just need water in order to survive. Mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. that level of emergency preparation is quite uh, uh, common and uh, 
I think for for people here in Taiwan or people in the U.S., they could always get some advice from the government authorities. In the U.S., it's like mm-hmm. FEMA, right? And here in mm-hmm. Taiwan, it's like some of the local governors say because they have a training programs and awareness program. They even provide a small uh, like a survival kit sort of things, so you could mm-hmm. have a. a a battery powered radio <laughs> and flashlight yeah. those are two comfort right. device and you could buy mm-hmm. that um uh, a lot shop shop, shop stores uh, so that mm-hmm. level of preparedness i think people could understand easily uh for the second level is like you know if you had you face a bigger typhoon like here in taiwan well i think people are much less prepared but they they have experience and the government is quite well, uh, is quite responsive in that regard because it happens every year. So uh, mm-hmm. for a, a typhoon, uh, I think people just uh, need to listen to or just get the correct information from the government. And so you need to establish your information channel. It's not just on the web. It could be uh, on the TV or you just go to your local district office and try to uh, give them a call, right? The, for the phone is, uh, people forgot to, how to use a phone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, phone yeah. is much more direct. If you want to uh-huh. get to the right person, provide mm-hmm. you uh, with the right information or your direct right resource to you, just give them the call. There's an emergency emerging phone number here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that need to be already. You just don't want to, uh, you know, complain or asking for help on Twitter, on Facebook. It's not going to help. <laughs> Nobody's going to see that. <laughs> I think people should remember that, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, people live in the social media world a little yeah, bit too much, right? Yeah. <laughs> but for, for, what did for we an, ever do? Right. For, for an, a serious attack or war, mm, that's a major problem. That's a major problem because the, the nature of the attack and severity of that incident, uh, we just don't have a solid experience. What I mean by we is that mm-hmm. as a citizen or mm-hmm. the people in the government, because they, they, they nobody has ever <laughs> gone to a war here in Taiwan. For <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I think for that part, that's why we are uh, hosting uh, meetups and uh, a bit of like a workshop on this and trying to invite. Uh, experts who had had real experience in the war. We, we, we had people traveling back from Europe and wow. uh, a guy is a, like a weaponry design designer in a major defense uh-huh. company. So because uh-huh. he said that, oh, I need to come back to Taiwan. <laughs> wow. So he's now here in Taiwan. And mm-hmm. uh, some people, because they, they, they fought in wars here in Taiwan, just say, wow. because they, they, they joined like the French uh, military legionnaire. Mm-hmm. They, they're sort mm-hmm. of a, private soldiers. So they mm-hmm. came back and try to find a secure and trustable platform to share their experience. So, so it's just emerging. Um, it's now emerging. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you can share at all that you've heard from uh, any of these well, I think, uh Well, the, the ma- uh, one of the major problems is that how do you identify a, friend, a foe from friends? How do you identify your enemy? Right. Uh, because... Uh, uh, the, the 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 CCP uh, liberation we call POA, well they yeah. speak Mandarin, right? They might look just mm-hmm. like uh, your mm-hmm. <laughs> neighbors. So how mm-hmm. do you identify uh, 
uh, friends from fail, it would be uh, critical to your survival in an urban setting. Yeah. So, right. So, so that, that is one simple, you know, mm -hmm. their uniforms. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And now for a short break. Talking Taiwan is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to take a moment to thank listeners like you for your generous contributions. You make our work possible. As the longest-running Taiwan-related podcast and a Golden Crane Award winner, we are dedicated to bringing you the stories connected to Taiwan and Taiwan's global community. And if you haven't already, you can make a contribution on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash talking Taiwan. Have you heard of this group called uh, Watch Out? Um, I just heard yes, that they yes, have yeah. put together a handbook. Um, and that's one of the things is that they said this is the uniform of right. the Taiwan military versus right. the so, so military so it, It's PLA. quite critical. And, but, but in their uh, uh, publication, because they only identify people from the PIA, and what about mm -hmm. the U.S. and the Japanese for, <laughs> self defense true. forces? Very true. You need to know, like you said, friend and foe. <laughs> so, yeah, so right. we're trying to, yeah, people are aware of the problem and uh, watch how they're providing what they know. And we are trying to provide from another uh, perspective because we have a, a quite a solid expert uh, on the ground here in the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I imagine uh, one thing that we didn't talk about that's important is medical care. So perhaps like some first aid or CPR knowledge also may mm -hmm. would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Taiwan is quite good at that because uh, yeah. uh, the the public health insurance system is quite well known, uh, and mm -hmm. it's it's relatively cheap and efficient here in Taiwan, unlike in the U.S. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. uh, if you, uh, but, but because we, we haven't gone through a, a major disaster like war, so nobody knows if the medical, the ambulance would come. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they shouldn't come because, you know, the place is being bombed. <laughs> so mm. you just need to know, at least a, a very basic first, they like stop bleeding. Because uh, mm -hmm. bleeding is like number one cause for uh, of death uh, in mm -hmm. a major you know uh, attack. So probably you, you need to learn how to stop bleeding using uh, some uh, medical kits. Right. You've shared some infographics on Twitter. Can you talk a little bit about those infographics? All right. Well, it's uh, it's it's like the first version because we see people. A lot of people want to improve their own preparedness in anticipation of of a war. So, mm -hmm. uh, but there are a lot of uh because there's no uh, the 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 civil defense sector here in Taiwan is mostly uh, controlled or mandated by uh, the national police agency, which is the law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So people on the ground don't really have uh, easy access to those knowledge. Or even courses, because you, uh, mm -hmm. in order to enroll those courses, you need to be certified personnel. But the mm -hmm. access to that is very limited. So mm -hmm. we see there's a need to provide an like an uh, a concept map uh, mm -hmm. by first identify the uh, what you want to improve on yourself. For example, if you're a general citizen, uh, yes. you don't learn basic combat skills. Because for general <laughs> citizens, you you are not authorized to fight. You won't be mm -hmm. recalled by the, the military. 
All right. So, mm -hmm. uh, so for the general citizens, we've identified like a, a few uh, components of uh, preparedness. For example, disaster response, like we we mm -hmm. have uh, talked about, and mm -hmm. the self and mutual aid. So it could be like first aid, BOS, basic life support, or even mass casualty res response. So there are uh, very good programs out there in the hospitals. You could uh, you could just re register for a course on your own. Uh, so that's like the, the the basic components of preparedness for general mm -hmm. citizens, mm -hmm. which might constitute mm -hmm. large portion of uh, the, the the population. And the second mm -hmm. part is because we 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 have conscription here in Taiwan, yes, like some of the like in Sweden, Switzerland, South Korea. So mm -hmm. a lot of men there are still reservists, right? So they need mm -hmm. to learn some basic combat skills. They probably need to know how to self-defense, like you know, uh, for example, tactical athletics, which means that you need to improve your <laughs> fitness. Yeah, you, you you can't really fight it in in a war uh, if you are not you're too heavy. We have conscriptions. So most of men here, they've been in the military in the past, and they will be recalled to the military to have a like two weeks of training per three or four years. But during those four years, you, of course, you could improve your own basic skills because there are a lot of resources there. So it could be basic combat skills, like how do you uh, how to be ready in a, a close combat uh, scenario, or you could uh, try to uh, because the first aid system in the military or on, on battlefields is very different from the disaster response system. So there are some disciplines uh, developed out of uh, combat battlefields, like combat casualty care and stress management. So for reservists, you need to, you need to be ready uh, for that. If uh, a war uh, comes, and you would you, you would be recorded by the military, and that's something you could improve uh, on yourself or uh, during your uh, free time. And mm -hmm. there are also shared uh, uh, components of uh, skill for which apply for both reservists and the, the the general citizens like us. So it could be like navigation because it, uh, mobility is crucial for survival in a, a major conflict. So how do you remap? How do you re, uh, navigate uh, in a, a familiar ground? And how do you uh, set up a, a, a secure communication lines or network within your friends or your allies? There's something that you need to uh, improve upon. Yeah. So we've identified those uh, uh, critical components, especially targeted uh, folks here in Taiwan, and provided a path to self-enrichment for those. So we, re we recommend some certified institution that you could uh, just ask information from them. So that's uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the purpose of that uh, infographic. Because no, nobody has right. ever done that before. And it sounds like a lot of this is depending on people's self-initiative. So do you think that the government should be taking a stronger position or role in encouraging people or even educating people in some sure, way. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, uh, and are uh, they? Right, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet, <laughs> because uh, the government is a bureaucracy. 
Well, I, mm-hmm. I, and bureaucracy yeah. moves slow, much mm-hmm. slower than mm-hmm. the the civil society. And because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I just want to uh, enlighten people on this. For for Taiwan, uh, civil defense is controlled uh, by law. It's it's controlled and mandated uh, by mm-hmm. the national police agency. Right. right? Okay. Mobilization mm-hmm. part. Mobilization part is uh, mandated by the Ministry of National Defense. Mm-hmm. So, if the law enforcement uh, they doesn't want to move fast, then there's no support from the government. Yeah, mm-hmm. because civil defense by law, and even the personnel okay. right. that mm-hmm. a lot of people might not know, they <laughs> are uh, they're, they're they're just supported by the the police. Right. And people okay. don't really like police. <laughs> yeah, we we don't. Uh, yeah, because of past <laughs> experience. But I did hear that the government of Taiwan is supposed to be putting out some kind of a handbook. Is that right? Or they yes, said yes. they would. Yeah. They they would release and... it to uh, local government uh, local governments already. Uh-huh. Oh, they have. Do you know what's in the handbook then? Well, the handbook is by because it is produced by the MND. The, the national mm-hmm. uh, ministry of national defense, uh, because mm-hmm. nobody knows what to do in times of uh, uh, mobilization. So the handbook is mostly about uh, about setting up uh, or enlightening on role and responsibility of central and local government. So which is, is, oh, is very okay. much targeted at like, government officials and uh, personnel, okay. but not the okay. civilians. So it's right. irrelevant. Right. For, for, right. For us. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's a so, good start, right? That's a very yeah. good start. You know, you, you need to know uh-huh. which department is going to be responsible for what, and then they yeah. probably could come up with an overall. Just like if a if a ask the, the government need to support this, but before that, we need to know what we are entitled to do by law. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, sure. the Congress and the public should modify some parts of the yeah okay that's true in your opinion what do you think the government in Taiwan can do to better prepare its citizens for war well I I mm, I'll, I'll really suggest that uh, the government shouldn't ignore the past experience we we have because it was uh, successful sort of in Kim and Mazu and People here that we we just don't get exposed to that environment or ecosystem at that time because we weren't living there. It's just a, a do small. You, do you yeah. know specifically well, how oh, yes. people in Kimenamatsu were prepared? For Can example, they everyone everyone had a, a a carbine. Carbine is like a a weapon system between handgun and rifle. It's small to carry. So girls and ladies they 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 used to have a the carbines stuck. Uh, their wow. home. Everyone had had okay. one, and okay. but they don't have. Uh, they didn't have ammunition. Okay. So they had they had mm. guns. They had uh, trainings, and those who mm. are good, they will be recruited to uh, civil defense teams in that village. So they have a uh, a local governing structure. Uh, uh, at every village in Kimmen and Mazu, so if there's like eighty of them. You have eighty squats <laughs> in the oh, village. Wow. It's kind of extreme uh-huh. because it's it's yeah, like a cold sure. island at the front mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. we don't need to go that extreme right now. Yeah. But because of the experience they had in the past, 
we sure. we really should uh, try to dig into the past and see what would work in modern time. Just mm-hmm. don't ignore that. It, it could, probably you could reinvent yeah. from zero. Reinvent Updated, it, sure. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a. But probably the government is afraid to bring up, bring back those memories because uh, uh, <laughs> martial law era is a uh, everyone's pain. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I would mm-hmm. say that's the number one thing. You mm-hmm. just don't ignore the. You need to learn from past experience. Right. Well, I think the the second would be you need to tell people what you should expect. In a, uh, you just need to bring the discussion to the public. It's not informal discussion. So the government, whether it's a, a central or local level, you need to have a, a transparent debate or discussion. About the problems we'll be facing, because people like me, uh, well, the problems we could uh, imagine uh, are quite is quite different from those uh, maybe in their sixty or seventy. Maybe they are expecting right. different things, and they are mm-hmm. not that prepared physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just sure. need to be transparent on this topic, and don't. There's no time. Uh, why not discussion? You know, it's not buying weapon. You know, not buying airplanes. It it costs very little. Mm-hmm. I'll say these are the two things that need to be brought up. I know it's a big question, but could you share some of your thoughts on how Taiwan could reform its military? Well, I think that that, that topic, uh, a lot of military strategies, whether uh, they come from Taiwan or the U.S. or Japan, they've been talking much about that. And because uh, why? Why we are at open knowledge Taiwan because it's open knowledge, right? The defense sector is a very close circle, is a very mm-hmm. uh, restri- restricted discipline. So mm-hmm. most people don't have access to any information with that regard, right. and so we decided uh, because defense part is like it's also everyone's pain here in Taiwan, but we mm-hmm. see that we don't have a capacity. To engage with the defense sector, with the military, so we want to touch sure. the civil defense part first because it's it's mm-hmm. close to the civilians world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. for military reform, of course we 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 have a lot of opinions. We've been in the military. I, I was in the navy. Yes. You know, the navy oh. is much better than uh-huh. I would say. The navy is much much prepared and much uh, much better than the army. Maybe they don't agree. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, right. So yeah, I don't know because I have a lot of questions about that, and I do realize that could be another episode. But you know, there's because of what's happening in mm-hmm. Ukraine, there's been a lot of discussion about right, right. if the military service, the conscription, should be reformed. In, right. Right. For example, allowing women to serve, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe improving the type of training, and and that would also improve the morale. Right. Right, so that that's why I said that uh, in in Kim and Maju, the ladies and the women, they they were part of civil defense. They know how to use guns. <laughs> they were better. <laughs> they were better than than me. <laughs> so so that kind of experience we shouldn't ignore. And also, I read that Ukraine has something called the territorial defense, defense forces. Force. Yeah, mm-hmm. which are volunteer military units, but these are people just, that just volunteered when the war mm-hmm. happened, and then they are being trained right now. Right. 
Uh, does Taiwan have something equivalent to this, or do you think that it has the capacity to train this, and is this a good model to follow? Well, uh, based on my personal observation, and I think uh, uh, because it, it was uh, uh, that, that, that kind of concept, they, they called it uh, some military strategy, they called it a, a TDF, right? Territorial Defense Force. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some people are pushing for that, but they are not within the government. They could be retired government officials or generals. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they are writing articles on that, and there is certain uh, momentum built behind that because of uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, but based on my personal understanding, the government is uh, not working on that part because the military itself is already a big headache. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the aging yeah. uh, society, the problem here, we, mm-hmm. we just don't have uh, as many young people as before. So uh, the military mm-hmm. is struggling with uh, recruiting professional soldiers. So they, they, they've they already had enough headache out right. there. So mm-hmm. establishing mm-hmm. another uh, ground force, uh, maybe the police will, I don't know, the, the police may not be happy, you know, other force <laughs> will have guns and competing with them. <laughs> I don't right, know. right. Yeah, well, there needs to be some coordination. Yes, you know, yes, yes. If that were to happen, right. right. Okay, and do you have any other thoughts of other ways that Taiwan could be better prepared? Well, I'll I'll think that because Taiwan has been closed for due to a lot of international pressures or uh, before, you know, the U.S. didn't really want to you know, uh, openly engage Taiwan, you know, and that changed only uh, after like 2016. Mm-hmm. with the last administration, Trump government. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that uh, uh, increasing bilateral or even trilateral uh, exchange of information on uh, different levels is quite uh, crucial for people in Taiwan and the security and safety of this region. So we had a rich history. We have a rich history dealing with Japan. But we really don't know how the Japan, Japanese uh, self-defense force, how they operate, <laughs> which is kind oh, of bizarre yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, they are the closest uh, ally to Taiwan yeah, by distance, by, by cultural heritage, mm-hmm. right? Right. So uh, I think increasing uh, uh, the, the frequency and the depth of exchange between two, three parties like the U.S., Japan, Taiwan, mm-hmm. And it would be uh, the utmost priority for the time being because they they had their experience. We have our own experience, but in mm-hmm. order to collaborate, we need to have a, a, a mechanisms and or protocols, you know, that we could talk to each other, you know, right. before war, right. in, in in times of a major conflict, in anticipation of a, a intrusion. So there's some mm-hmm. very practical levels of disciplines that need to be exchanged and discussed mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. anything happens, bad happens. Michael Turton in his piece that, where he actually quoted you, his type A time piece, he also mm-hmm. mentioned things. Perhaps there should be manufacturing of practical items like helmets, body armors, knee pads, mm-hmm. but that's probably when it's actually in the time of war. Just like when you know COVID happened, then they had to manufacture a lot of the masks and a lot of PPE and all that kind of thing. Yes, because of the supplies, like the logistics part, 
because Taiwan is an、mm. island. It could be embargoed. It could be surrounded by the the POA Navy, the naval forces.、Mm. So you need to have a a, a pipe a, a lifeline of logistics. So they, which could be coming from the the Japanese side, the eastern part of Taiwan. So、uh, the supply chain is also distributed.、Um, it's not just in one country. So the supply chain、uh, is very crucial and critical to the survival of the society. For example,、mm-hmm. you want to resist at least for the first week, first seventy-two hours, like what we've seen in Ukraine. If they could resist, you know, successfully in the first seventy-two hours, you know, people would have、uh, confidence in your government and your ability to defend an intrusion. And then resources will be coming in after seventy-two hours because the other country they need time to mobilize. And Ukraine、yeah. is such a big country. In Taiwan, I think、mm-hmm. it is is about the same. You, you probably you know,、uh, people there they could see the forming of attack force along the coast of、uh, China, and you got like two weeks to prepare, <laughs> and then they would come across the Taiwan Strait. They would try to attack them, defend our land. Then, if you could resist, like for the first seventy-two hours, the other supply chains would come in and logistics would come in. Yeah, it needs to be practiced. This is pretty unprecedented. This interest in the civil defense. True. Because I think I don't know if you remember a time like this when people felt this urgency or a need to. Be prepared and and educated and aware、mm-hmm. of like how to protect themselves and to survive should something unimaginable yeah happen yeah. Well, I think the last time、uh, it was in 1995 and 1996, but we didn't、mm-hmm. have internet at that time, so exchange of information is very limited. You could only、mm-hmm. go through your friends and chat about this. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, so so、uh, and because you you didn't have internet at that time. So you really can't understand how the international society is responding to the threat here in Taiwan,、uh, mm-hmm. because we we have very limited access to to the outside world. But for、uh-huh. me, it's okay、right. because I have friends there and here, so I could just uh, uh, email. Yes, there's email at that time. <laughs> so we communicate、right. through emails. Yeah, not fax yeah. or phone. Yeah, Too expensive.、Yeah. So I, I think, uh, <laughs> but so the level of apprehension. And、uh, nightmares for a lot of people because people for the first week I I personally heard that a lot of my friends they just can't get a good sleep、mm-hmm. on the first week because、yeah. they they are seeing that oh it might happen to Taiwan finally and what what about the level of preparedness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right but、yeah. now it's the war the the war in Ukraine is like five weeks already. So, I would say most of the people, maybe eighty percent or seventy percent of people, they just、uh, well, it's it's just life, you know. It's just another uh, uh, dramatic uh, uh, Hollywood movie, not Hollywood movie. They're happening a documentary <laughs> film happening in eastern part of Europe. So we will still live the day through, but some other like ten percent of people, because they they being、uh, they they. They've been enlightened, I'll say enlightened, by by、mm-hmm. by the war. So、uh, I I I'm seeing the momentum is gradually building up. So that's why we are doing our、uh, hosting our events on weekly basis. Which is kind of like、mm-hmm. you know, if you don't、wow. do this for a real job,、uh, it's kind of in- intensive. So we do、yeah. host uh, uh, on weekly basis, and we have a. a 
uh, like on-site events or online events, and it, uh, we even had our last one in English. So uh, it's mm -hmm. about evacuation uh, mm -hmm. plan for foreigners in Taiwan. So we've identified a few mm -hmm. critical points that the government need to improve upon. So the, those dis discussions could be turned into a policy recommendation right. for relevant government agencies, which is, which is yeah. a good, which is good. Yes, definitely. Oh, that's wonderful. So, well, it's really admirable because you say that you do this in your spare time. And are all the other people involved with these workshops? You mentioned you're all doing this in your spare time. Yeah, yeah, in so spare time. So it's a non-profit thing. And that's why yeah. we host our events on, on weekends. <laughs> it's that's almost amazing. always on Saturday, You're doing Friday a really night. amazing service, yeah. Right. So if people want to learn more about this, uh, people that are based in Taiwan, how can they find you? Well, they could just uh, because we, workshops. yeah, but they they uh, because we have a we have a mailing list. Uh, we have a, a Twitter, although not many people here in Taiwan use Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we because people come here uh, to our workshop, they will recommend our workshop and events to other people. So for the for the time being, we're uh, relying on a, a personal network to distribute this sort of information. We 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 don't really. We don't really want to go too popular right now because there are something that we have. Yeah, well, you're volunteers. Right, so volunteers, you can't, yeah. if you're, you know, getting yeah. a lot of attention, you, you really can't, you can't build a structure to sustain that momentum. It sure. could be a waste of um, sure. uh, resource and momentum. I really appreciate all the insight and the work that you're doing. Sure, my pleasure as well. Uh, thanks for uh, contacting me, <laughs> reaching me through Twitter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been speaking with THC of Open Knowledge Taiwan about civil defense and preparedness. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by Taiwanese United Fund. The Taiwanese United Fund is an arts and culture foundation that celebrates the cultural heritages of Taiwanese Americans. Established in 1986, the foundation's mission is to facilitate cultural exchange between the Taiwanese-American community and other American cultural communities, hoping to enrich and expand our cultural experiences. To learn more about TUF, visit their website at www.tufusa.org. If you enjoyed this episode, go on over to Audible or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. Tell a friend about us or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.